everything through his work on the cross. And yet he's made it a gospel of choices. You have to make a choice. It's not a blanket coverage. You have to choose to walk in holiness, choose to walk in forgiveness, choose to walk in repentance. I'm sorry, Lord. You have to choose. Now, it's all up to God. He's got the power. He has the ability. But it's a walk of choosing. You have to choose to serve God. I believe God's laying down, uh, I guess, the hammer, so to speak. He has laid it down this morning to us for whatever reason. He's God. We are just the sheep of His pasture. So, if God has been telling you something, and you've been shrugging Him off, not paying attention, you've been into something you shouldn't have been into, God's asking you right now to choose to lay it down or he's going to come purging, chopping down. Okay? That's what I believe that the God is telling us. And that's a good thing. He is your heavenly Father. He has the right to say, um, <clears throat> come here. He has the right to lay out discipline. He has the right to Get in your face. He has the right to say, I don't like that. He is your Father, your Heavenly Father. In fact, this morning's message is entitled, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. While thinking of that word we just received and uh, looked over to the left and saw my son, thought I'd ask him to pray, I was thinking of his children which he is their father. And, of course, Ruth and I are the grandparents. And at times when we're together, if Ruth, of course, you know how grandparents are. We think they're the greatest grandparents ever in the world. I mean, that we're not the greatest grandparents, <laughs> that they're the greatest grandchildren that God ever made. Okay? And I know that you think yours are next to mine. <laughs> you know how that is, right? But anyway, he's the father, and he starts to maybe deal with them when they're getting a little whatever. And every once in a while, i got to grab the shirt, tell my wife, say, Ben, you can't step in. He is their father, Ruth. Let the father be the father. And so that's what I'm saying this morning. He is the father. And if the father wants to grab you by the shirt tail or by the neck or put his finger in, receive that. Do not stiffen and harden your neck. Please don't do that, because if my grandchildren would, then their father will take them a step further, and they will receive uh, the reward of their doings. So just look at that. And now let's look into this Abba Father. I mean, just back from a couple weeks, and this is what uh, the Lord kind of... Now you have to understand what I'm about to say so that you can maybe get a little better grip uh, with taking two weeks, I haven't done that. I don't know if I've ever done it in the 20 years, two weeks back to back. Um, but I was just at that point, and I was telling Ruth, the only decision I want to make for the next two weeks is what I'm going to eat. That's all, that's all I want. I don't want to think of everything I think of and talk about and do and say to you, them. It's always a, the balance of eternities. On. All I want to know is, do I want a sloppy joe or do I want a cheeseburger? That's the biggest decisions I want to make. So, in those two weeks, that's kind of what I did. 
I sat on a rocking chair, went from glider to glider, oh, we took a few trips, and all that kind of stuff. But through that, this, what God was doing with me was, because of the um, weight of the ministry, always trying to dive in the Word of God to get a message for the folks, get a word for the folks, uh, uh, receive something to try to help somebody in the Word of God, uh, which is good. I mean, all this is good. But doing that all the time, all the time, all the time, through my two weeks of just backing away from that, my Heavenly Father, my Abba Father was saying, Hey, remember, I'm your Father. And where sometimes I attempt to try to fix everything or through the Word, try to help this person, help that person, help this person, lose concept of He's my Heavenly Father. Are you understanding? Remember uh, your Father. Um, now, I know that some of you probably maybe didn't know your Father, and we live in now eras where you might have a horrible Father, but on a whole, to make my point, even as you were a child, and now I see it in my grandchildren when they are building a Lego or attempting to ride their bike or when they mess up, they know that their father can fix it. Even if they've done something horrible and something bad, if they can get enough courage to go to their father, they know that he will take care of it. Father to them uh, represents someone who has the answers and can fix things that are unbelievable. And so God through those two weeks was telling me, hey, remember, I am your Father, your Father. And this is kind of cool, because I can remember when I was young with my earthly father, the various things that I would get into. Um, if, as a young person, needing them fixed, you run to your dad, and as an older person, when you mess up bad, eventually you've got to go to your dad, and, and he'll deal with that, but he has a way of fixing it, whether you busted a window or did something and you tried to uh, hide it or whatever, eventually you've got to go to your father and he corrects it and fixes it and everything is okay. And so God was telling me that through the couple weeks. And I believe that the word from God for you is, as God is saying, hey, remember me, your father. Through that word, if we need that kind of a father, and we do at times because we all messed up, or just the fact that you have a heavenly Father in heaven, in heaven that loves you. Now let's look at the Word of God. Matthew seven eleven starts off with this. If you then, being evil, and that's in us because of our fallen nature, you can't deny it. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, Give good things to them that ask Him. Meaning this. I mean, there is an evil side in us. And man, it just lurches out at times. So none of us, I don't believe anyone here, would deny that. But in the midst of that, the Word of God is saying, Hey, even you, you being evil, you being at evil, at, at times you know how to give good gifts. Uh, Luke just had his sixth birthday Friday. And he had gifts, good ones, cool ones, nice ones, from money to Legos to a, a little computer even. Good gifts. Us being evil came and showered gifts 
on this little fella. And this is what God's saying, and he's saying to this. Now, if you know how to do that, if you have that ability, you being evil, how much more shall your Father, listen, which is in heaven, good, give good things to them that ask him? This is the point that God is attempting to make. There is this side in us that can be moved with compassion. Your Father, He is your heavenly Father. Psalms 103.13 says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Okay? Or the NIV says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Who fear him. Compassion. Okay? Now, when our grandchildren were away on vacation, uh, Shannon would take pictures and then post them if you're a Facebook person. And she posted this one picture of our two grandchildren, really of any children, and we'll show you in a minute. And even men, who sometimes we think don't have a whole lot of compassion, when you see this, you almost find yourself going, oh, gee. And so what I want you to see is if that is in us, being evil, God is trying to parallel. If you have that ability in you, how much more do I have than what you're showing here? And what God is wanting to tell you this morning, you have a father that you can come and bring things to, a heavenly father that you can ask, talk to, have a relationship with. He is asking for this. That's why he sent his son to go through what he can go through so you have the ability in times of not just trouble, but to come to him to your heavenly father. Now check out this picture from the boys. Exactly. Exactly. Now, listen, I believe that I can look like that to my heavenly father. I'm his child. I'm his son. Even though I'm big and try to act big and solve problems and think I can solve problems, but I can do nothing without him. Absolutely nothing. And as we got that picture back, we went, oh my goodness, look at this, Ruth. Then God reminded me of this picture through the two weeks that that can be me and God is my Father going, I am moved with compassion for you. The Scripture says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Not all the time, but many times when Ruth and I fall asleep, I ask the Lord, Lord, as we sleep, just hover over us. Just be there with us. A heavenly Father, don't lose sight of that. Most of us have a, 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 an idea of the Father like just thumping us all the time. Maybe your earthly father was that way. Now, Matthew 6, uh, 26 says this. Now, these are scriptures that you know, but sometimes we forget in the torture of every day attempting to live. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns, yet your Heavenly Father feedeth them. 
And then the great, he's making this point. Look at them. Watch them. The birds around your house. How do they live? How do they sustain themselves? God does it. He just does it. They know what tree to go to at a certain time. We have these trees in our front yard. And in the beginning of spring, if the weather stays right, there'll be beautiful big balls of white. And then they change from white and you see the green uh, leaves coming. And then they, they produce these little green berries. They almost look like small cherries. Maybe that's why I don't even know what kind of tree it is. But it's not for people to eat. Then about... Maybe another 30 days or another six weeks, those little green, whatever they are, start to turn red. And then our trees become full of robins who just eat worms. I always thought, now they're in our tree. Your heavenly Father knows this. He knows this. He just puts this stuff in these birds by divine guidance. They know to go to the pine tree and those cones, and they get in between those cones, and they get a seed. So God says, are you not much more? Important to me than a bird, than these birds that I feed. And so you need to have this, you need to cultivate that relationship with your father. Many people have lousy relationships with their earthly father. Many of you do, probably. And you can let that carry right over into your heavenly father. What a shame to compare your heavenly father to your earthly father. And so God, I believe, listen, I honestly believe that this is what God is attempting to let, no matter how old you are, and you're the patriarch, and you're always fixing, you're always giving advice, you're always the one they run to. God is saying, oh, oh, you have a heavenly Father. It's me. Come to me. Matthew 6.31 then goes on and says, Therefore, because God says oh, you are much more uh, better than they, he said, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? Listen, for all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you need these things. Okay? School's coming up. So maybe you're now thinking, okay, i got to get school clothing for my children. i got to get uh, pencils, paper, all that you know this, and God's saying, look, if you know that, and you're moved by that, whether you want to or like to or need to or have to, you being evil, do it. God says, how much more should I? God says, your heavenly Father knoweth what you need. Just like between you and your children. You, you know, your, your child might need a um, pencil for school, but... He thinks he might need a Mac laptop pencil that writes underwater and never can fail and has 50 billion games and 20 billion gigs. And you're, you're going to say as the earthly father, no, all you need is this pencil. Okay? And so your heavenly father he even knows better than your earthly father will do the same to you. And with you. So you're not always going to get... He's not a divine Santa Claus father. He is your holy, almighty father. And he knows about his children. Just like that picture when everyone... Oh, God has those, that love for you. If us being evil can look at two children snuggled, 
and go, oh, that's the only reason why I put that up there was so that get that response. So because you are moved when you see that, no matter whose children they are, your heavenly father towards you, towards you. Okay, so he says, take no thought for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. God knows this kind of stuff. Listen, let the heathen worry about all that stuff. See, your job is to seek first the kingdom of God. This is where we do things backwards in the church. We have the world telling us how to live instead of the word of God. We tempt to hammer out an education or hammer out a trade or hammer out some type of living. Not bad. That's not bad. You are called of God to do something, to work. God gives you gifts and talents. Go do it to make a living. But we put that first all the time. God said, no, no, no. Put, the, put me first. Put my work first. And God says, all this rest, all the rest will be added unto you. And that's what we do all the time. If I can do something for God, I'll try. That's not, no, it's, it's just putting God first. I'm not talking about making new hope your church um, or, or your God. I'm talking about making God your God, your heavenly Father. He'll do whatever He wants to do with you and bless you with the work so that you can get the rest when Johnny needs shoes. But you've got to put the first. But what we do is, no, Johnny needs this and Johnny needs that, so you go and try to get two jobs. And so you can do less, even less for God, if anything. And so we go contrary to the word. And God says, no, no, let the heathen worry about all that stuff. I know what you have. You have a heavenly father that knows your needs. And so you have to even mentally and emotionally serve God correct. So you can have that peace that passes all understanding. Even when you answer, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Remember our favorite answer? I haven't said it in a long time. What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? What about that economy? Your house never sold. What's going to happen about your job? What's your answer? Mm-hmm. Meaning, not that you don't give a darn or you give a hoot, meaning it's beyond me. I'm just counting on God. I'm just serving God, living God. Because why? Well, because he could come back today, and who cares about the job and what's going to happen next? In a... You understand how silly that is? I mean, God can come back tonight. Before I clap my hands, he could come back today. And so all the things that you go, what about and this and that, and I don't have time to serve God, and this, you're going to stand before God and go, Oops. That's what you're going to do because God tells us how to line up. And he's saying to you, hey, I am your father. Okay. Uh, again, at Luke's party, there, you know, um, swords were the thing. They had this sword, that sword, G.I. Joe, Star Wars sword. Everything glows, barks, make noise, oh, everything. And there's like six of them going, running all over with their swords and broom handles, everything. And I heard the two fathers that were there. Somebody's going to get blasted. Somebody's going to get hurt. Okay? And so they would mention it to their children, and, you know, and they're typical like you and I. Yeah. And they run into the dark. Now they're in the dark swinging the sword because they're outside. And they're saying, sooner or later, they're going to get it. And that's like your heavenly father. He knows. He absolutely knows. Now these earthly fathers were saying, look, when you get it, don't come back to me. I told you you're going to get it. See, and when we don't listen to the father, we get it. Just like we've got some exhortation this morning to listen. Listen, listen. Don't do that. Don't do that. And so when your earthly father speaks, whether it's through a word here in a service or through a preaching of the word or through something in reading, or you keep hearing this constant thing over and over. Now, God didn't say to me, remember, I am Abba, Father. No, it just kept 
the song kept ministering to me even before the two weeks. And then I kept thinking about it while I was gone and having thoughts, and it just kept surfacing all the time. So eventually you got to go, hey, is God trying to tell me something? That's kind of how you, you kind of go with this. And so God says, therefore, do not worry. We are invited to know a freedom from worry and anxiety. But we don't do it because we worry like crazy and we worry about everything and fret about everything. Every one of us. Every one of us. It's probably the biggest thing that will, will set me off and into that realm of worry and anxiety is with Ruth and I are uh, split going two different ways and she's somewhere pretty far and and whatever, and she tells me, yeah, I ought to be home by 6, and it's like 8.30 at night, and I haven't heard from her. You know, we can hear from her. I mean, you got texting and Facebook and mobile phones and all kind of stuff, and there's pretty much always ways to be able to hear, and I don't hear from her, and it's quarter to 9. Then I start myself, I start looking out the windows and, and wondering, thinking, man, where is she? And, and then I'm looking out the window like a minute later back out there. And then I actually got to get a hold of myself. I do. And I say, okay, God, you know right where she is. Not only do you know right where she is, you're with her. You're with her. Father, I'm simply going to trust you with my wife. It's not that I don't care. It's, do you understand? I could be going to the curtain. Where is she? And then eventually she comes home and, you know, I hear something. Oh, I don't know. Gabriel's had so many dresses. <laughs> so you don't want to go, what? What are you talking about? It's, you you got to learn. You gotta, this is walking in it and trusting God. It is, seriously. So we are not supposed to be given to worry. We should be free from that by trusting our Heavenly Father. I, Ruth and I have the privilege um, watching Luke and Isaac uh, almost one day a week. And so we got to watch them grow and, and be with them from oh, I can't do anything to running and jumping and riding little bikes now and, and everything. And when Mommy drops them off, they never sit down on my couch and say, man, I've been worried all day. I didn't know if we were going to get here on time. I didn't know if mommy had enough gas. I didn't know if mommy cared. They didn't sit, sit down and say, Pap, do you have cereal for us? Do you have stuff for us to eat? None of your grandchildren have done that to you. Why do we do that to our heavenly father? Our own children don't do that to us who are evil, yet know how to give good gifts. Isn't that true, Carol? Isn't it true? I'm sure when you're out shopping, uh, food shopping, you go by, um, uh, I don't know what they're called. Help me, Lord, to remember something. Um, Roll-ups, those fruit little things, okay? Well, Ruth goes by them. She's looking at them going, should I get Spider-Man, Legos, sharks? She's not thinking about me. 
Right? So us being evil go by, we see something, we go, man, Isaac would love that. Us being evil. Now you have a heavenly father who looks at you and loves at you through perfect love. Perfect. Perfect. How can you not trust him? When Luke and Isaac come in our house, they go right to that drawer, if they're permitted, if they're allowed, and the snack, they know, right? And they don't go, what? No snack? It's always something's there because you know they're coming. We're going to get to something I hope you'll be interested in. Listen, even if you had lousy parents, look, even some of you might not even have a clue who your father is or was, or you don't even want to know, or mother. That's the case because there's evil in us. Listen to what the Word of God says. Psalms 27.10 says this, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Do you understand that? Do you understand what that means? All you did was you were born, and you were born by some bum who didn't want you, and maybe you've never seen him, or you see, hear from him once every seven years or eight years. Now God says, no problem. When they forsake you, I will take you up. That's awesome. It's absolute. This is your heavenly Father who does everything right. Right. Heavenly. Mimic yourself after your heavenly Father. You might look like you're earthly, but mimic yourself after your heavenly. <clears throat> On my birthday, I got a present, cool present, big Big old one of those sports jackets, Steeler jackets ahead, all those things they've accomplished. And someone took a picture that I didn't even know about it. Two weeks later, got this hat on, holding this coat up in this picture. And I told my wife, my gosh, look at this. It looks like Pat. <laughs> it was kind of far away. I said, it looks like my dad. So you can look like you're earthly but you want to mimic your life after your heavenly, your heavenly Father. And this is what God was telling me through his weeks, and he wants whatever you're into. God is saying, hey, you have a heavenly Father. He goes, if you have been forsaken, I will take you up. The Lord will take you up. <clears throat> Matthew 6, 6 says, But thou, when thou prayest, now listen, enter into your closet. There's times you pray out here. There's times I might ask Carol to pray, and she prays out loud. But God is saying, hey, when you pray, enter your closet. Okay? Now, it's anywhere private. Private. Just you and God. And this is what the Lord tells us. When thou hast shut the door, that means turn off anything that will interrupt you, even if it's a phone or TV or whatever. You have little children. They still take naps. Get to your closet when you can shut that door. Okay? And somebody, the door of your mind even. Enter that closet when thou hast shut the door. What's it say? Pray to the Father which is in secret. And the Father which, is, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Pray to your Father. Okay? Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I need help. Get in that closet and talk to your Father. 
just as you would even some of our young guys now are married. And still, uh, you can be 24 and married and still need the wisdom of your father. And so you call him up, Dad. And so this is God saying, get alone in that closet and talk to your father. Because sometimes when we think we're grown up, we don't need to talk to our father anymore. But that's not true in the natural. I missed those times with my father. Had him for a long time. But our earthly fathers move on in life. They pass on. But our heavenly father is always there. And so God says, talk to me. He says, when thou prayest, enter into the closet. He's talking about this, this room. Shut the door. And the, the, this word, this Greek word for room is a storeroom or a storage. Like a warehouse type thing. A storage chamber. The idea is where treasures are kept. That's kind of like what my garage is to my grandchildren right now. Initially thought it was bad thinking. Initially thought when all my children are out, I got my garage back. But no, no, now it's full of treasures for them. And that's the first thing they go to. But what I'm talking about is a treasure, not so much material things, but treasures from your Heavenly Father are answers. Guidance, wisdom, strength, peace. For one more day, God. Isn't that a treasure? A lot more than any material thing. And sometimes they can be material things. But God says, come to me. Come into my room where there's treasures. Answers, wisdom, knowledge, guidance that I have for you. Abba, call upon me. Cry unto me, Father. And I remember those times when my children were Injured or bad or something, and you'd hear that cry. Ruth and I didn't sit around and look at each other and say, Do you think we should go? I went last time. It's your turn to go. We'll go as soon as this part's over. This is the good part. No, you, you just bolted to that child at that time. And this is what the Word of God is saying to us. John sixteen twenty three says, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Jesus is saying this. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Now, don't lose sight. Every time you would go to your earthly father, earthly father, I want that triple-decker, quadruple, 3,559-piece Lego set. And he said, no, you're going to get this 14-piece Lego set. I mean, that does happen. So don't think this is a Santa Claus type story here. But he's telling you, go to the Father. Go to Him. And He will give you the answers and the wisdom and the strength or even the guts to go through something you have to go through. Father doesn't always bail you out of everything. John 10.29 says this, My Father... Which gave them me is greater than all. Do you understand that? That's, do you understand the relationship Jesus said, My Father, which gave me these people, is greater than them all. That's, the, that's what should be you. That mind should be in you. That mind of Christ. You're going, man, my Father. But I think most of our times we're like this, man, Father in heaven, 
going to thump me or beat me or have no relationship with them at all. You've got to get that earthly stuff out of you, heavenly minded. My Father, which is in heaven, is greater than all. Do you remember? I don't know if you did it when you were little. I did it when I was little. I used to tell my friends, yeah, oh, my dad will beat your dad. Do you remember that? Do you ever say that? Yeah, my dad can thump your dad easy. No, he can't. And you'd end up fighting. But that's what, that was a thing back then. I don't know if they do it anymore. But, but this Jesus is saying, hey, my father, he'll take yours. He's greater than them all. And this is what um, the Lord would have you to understand today. I do. I really believe the Lord wants me to remind you this morning that your Father is great. He's greater than all. Listen, He's greater than all problems you have screaming at you. He's greater than all situations that are waiting on you. All crisis. He's greater than all of them. All doctor reports. He's greater than all of them. All bad news that you'll hear today. And He's greater than this economy. Doesn't mean nothing to God. Nothing to God. God says, I want you to understand I'm greater than all this. You cannot be motivated by what goes on in the world. Well, you will run in a panic. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. If you get some type of bad notice in the mail, whether it's a, an IRS or whether it's a doctor report, and almost instantly you can feel that dread. That is what the enemy is attempting to put on us. Then you get your sight off of your heavenly Father. But John 14.1 tells us this, Let not your heart be troubled. In these scriptures, we use them traditionally for, this one's used almost all the time for funerals. Do a Christian funeral, first scripture I think of. Hey, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me, in my Father's house. I mean, it's a great scripture for that too. But this is a scripture for you now. Your heart, the trouble is wanting to come inside of your heart and undo you, undo your faith in God. Trouble is knocking. Trouble is looking for any little crack or splinter or wedge to drive it into your heart to take control of your life and your emotions. So the Lord, through the Gospel of John, says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And that word trouble means to cause one inward commotion. Nothing's right. Everything's crazy. Everything's wrong. Inward or lack of calmness of mind. Peace. You've got to be governed and ruled by the peace of God. If you lose that, you need to go lock yourself in the bedroom because you can't make a right decision, a proper decision. Anything you do will be wrong and incorrect or say. God is saying, don't let your heart get out of control. Don't let it get jangled or lose the calmness of mind. Romans 8.15 says this. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's what you came from when you were born again. 
You were driven by fear. The enemy had you locked up, addicted to whatever things he could addict you to. And he's saying, when you get free from that, by accepting Christ truly free, don't go back into that bondage, is what he's saying. And here's how. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Before Christ, you didn't have that. You didn't have that in you before giving your heart. Once it comes in, that spirit of adoption comes in you, and you go, man, I have a Father in heaven. Thereby I can cry, Abba, Father. And he tells us that in Romans, and he tells us that in Galatians. He says also, and because you are sons, and he's talking about daughters also, God has set forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And that word cry means to cry out, shout, Abba, Father. And you do that at times and should at times in your prayer closets. Openly in crowds and people, we, sometimes we can do it for show. Not alone in the secret where your father sees in secret and you go, Oh God, Abba, Father, help me, please. There's no one to show or impress. And as he saw them, two pictures of the boys, you think God's going to go, no, I'm not helping you. He'll help. might not be the way you think, because your ways are not like God's ways, our ways, but he'll help. Abba, Father, I have a Father. In a little bit, we're going to play that song, Abba, Father, that they just go on and sing it. Abba, Father, Abba, Father. And I have found myself doing that. Calling on my Father. And you understand that this says, you have, uh, you have not received the spirit of uh, bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. 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 Now, I'm not sure about around the world, but I know in America, if Ruth and I decide to adopt, okay, we go in, we pass all the tests, they don't go, here, this is one you have adopted. We go, really? No. What do we do? We pick out the one. That's what your Heavenly Father's done. I want to adopt these two. And then he goes, I want to adopt these two. And I want to adopt these two. You have been picked by God. Chosen. God said, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to adopt people and I'm going to pick them out. Now, he chooses all, but we know that it just all doesn't happen. But you have been picked by God. He chose you. Chose you. Um, I know others have adopted. I know Anita has adopted. Um, one of my secretaries and she saw them, and she picked them and said yes to Courtney and to Mark. Flip that in the spiritual. That's what God did to Anita. Anita, yes, I want Anita. He picked her. You've been picked. Absolutely picked. And that word Abba obviously means father, but it's even a little more personal. It means my father. My father. Bruce knew my dad as a, as a father, 
but he was my father. That's what this means. My dad wasn't Bruce's father, even though he knew he was a father, but he was my father. Now, your heavenly father, you have that same relationship with him. He is your father. Okay. I want you to stand. We're going to have our little altar call. I told Josh to play this song. But here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to get set to go home. You'll do that soon enough. I want you to get set in your heart to figure out what you need your father to fix. Okay? Maybe you messed something up. There are times in my life I knew I did something bad, and if I just had the guts to tell my father, he'd fix it. But I was afraid what he'd do for, to me before. And so sometimes I wouldn't go to him. And the longer I wouldn't go to him, the worse I would make it. And that's what we do in the spiritual. If you need something fixed and you need, you need to go to your father, but you're kind of afraid if he might take you to the woodshed or, you know, out here seems like more country thinking, what do you get off the tree? Switch. We got the belt. I mean, it just came out. The switch. Okay, the city must be the belt and the country's a, both are brutal. Did you do something dumb? Have you done something dumb? You know, did you break a window, a spiritual window? Did you get caught doing something? And just come to your heavenly Father. I was texting my my son Jason. We were just talking a little bit about children and stuff, and Luke now going to school, and that's a that's a rough thing, letting him go to school. I just said, you know what? None of us know how to be dads. Just call upon your Heavenly Father. He'll give you the wisdom to be a dad. Just because he's a man now doesn't mean he knows how to be a dad. And sometimes we don't know how to be a Christian, how to act, react. Just come to your Heavenly Father. You got yourself in a jam. Unbelievable. You've been forsaken by your mother and father. Come to your heavenly.